all you very dear people. I am so excited to welcome you to the very first episode of my new podcast, For Real. My name is Kimberly Stewart, and I am stoked to be your host on this adventure. This is so many months in the making, and I'm so excited the day is finally here. And let me just tell you, my very first guest is a humdinger. I am thrilled that I got to speak with my good friend, Bob Goff. Bob is the New York Times bestselling author of a bunch of books that you have to read, including Love Does, Everybody Always, his devotional Live in Grace, Walk in Love, and most recently his book called Dream Big. Bob is an internationally beloved speaker. He's the founder of a phenomenal nonprofit called Love Does. They do great work all sorts of places, Uganda, India, Nepal, Iraq, Somalia, Afghanistan, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and here in the United States. In his four minutes of spare time, Bob is also the honorary consul to the Republic of Uganda. He's the co-owner of The Oaks. He is a podcaster to millions, husband to Maria, dad of three, grandpa of one with one on the way. Bob does not nap. I'm so excited you guys are here to eavesdrop on this fantastic conversation where Bob just goes all sorts of beautiful places and we are just grateful to go along. Enjoy this conversation with my friend, Bob Goff. You're here. I can't even pretend I'm not excited. Am I supposed to be real cool about this? Because I'm not. No, this is great. <laughs> We're just good friends. I'm so glad that we get to hang out and talk a little bit. Thanks for letting me be on. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? My very favorite. When I first met you, I said to you, I was panicked a little bit because I had gotten to know you just a little bit. I thought you were just the best. And we were saying goodbye. And I said, I have so many questions and I don't know which one to start with. And that's how I feel now. I have so <laughs> many questions. I don't know where to start. So I've got a couple of questions for you too. So oh you can ask yours or I'll ask mine. I'll put you on the spot. Okay. Fantastic. Um, Bob, one of my very favorite things about you, I have about a million and 18. Um, and one of my favorites is that you do such a good job of really seeing people. I've watched this over and over with me, with your family, with your friends. Um, and you're the master list crusher. So you're an amazing, productive person, but you never, ever make me feel like I'm in the middle of a list or that I'm interrupting you. Um, and I think you have taught me so much about doing that, about seeing people right where they are, stopping everything and really um, loving them well. And I'm wondering if you can help me do that because I feel like we're in a spot, maybe just in our families, maybe in our culture, maybe in this moment in history where we've kind of lost our way with that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Can you help us? Can you coach us on how to do that well? Yeah. For, you know, so much of my thinking that I've been talking to you about has been about being undistracted and just so easy to get distracted. And if you go to a, a dinner party or some gathering and somebody is talking to you, but they're looking above and to the right and they're actually got their eyes on the next person, then it can be kind of off-putting because you feel like you're not really present with me. You're like actually Jones in for the next conversation. And so I think if we can just be fully present, and that's hard for me to do too. I'm a, I can be enthusiastic like the Enneagram seven and like, yeah, let's do this. 
but I don't want to miss the chance that you're going to say something again that will register with me or I'll think of an adjacent idea. So being really present, uh, do it for all these selfish reasons, which is like you'll learn some more. So I'm a big note taker, like I'm always writing notes um, of things so I can circle back to them. And then later, uh, it's not because I want to put them in a book, but um, I just want to hover over those for a second. You know, oftentimes the speed of everybody in 45 minutes, uh, you and I will speak 14,000 words if you were uh, like speaking in front of a, a group of people. And so there's like a lot of information. Take two people that are talking really fast because they're excited. There's like a 25,000 words, 30,000 words being spoken every hour. And so to just slow it down a little bit and say, capture a couple, like that helps me be present. Um, I was with a uh, mutual friend of ours up in Los Angeles yesterday, the day before, and uh, he just had so many really great things to say, but I wanted to know, like, what does this mean? What does that mean? What's the name of this, like traditional, like his uh, traditional food and like what's in it? And it isn't like taking a deposition and I've taken quite a few of those, um, but sometimes you'll have friends that are, uh, as insecure as me, and they'll dominate the conversation with questions because it's a way to deal with their insecurity. So you want to just like kind of, I find myself trying to tap the brakes on that and just say like, so don't ask a bunch of questions because you're insecure and you want to fill the airspace. Do it because you're really curious. Right. I've only seen the curiosity piece. Haven't seen the insecurity piece. I've told you um, before that when we met first, I was a little, um, I was super nervous because, not because not because you're the famous Bob Goff, um, but because I've met other heroes of mine and ended up walking away from the conversation and thinking, oh, I wish I would have just read her book or read his book. I wish I had talked with oh, him Oh, yeah. Person. I went to a Kenny Loggins concert and felt that. He was just saying, let me tell you a little bit about this song. And I'm like, no. I'm like, no, that's not what this song's about. I'm like, oh, rats. Totally. Yeah. yeah, well, you were not Kenny Loggins in a lot of ways. I haven't seen you ever do a herky jump with your guitar. And also, you were so much better than I, I mean, I loved your book. And then you were even more full of life and more kind and more of just what you were talking about, just the slowing down. Um, and so you're such a good teacher of that. And I love it also that you are just full of energy. You're, we have noticed. For yes, example. I think we share that <laughs> DNA, that hanging chromosome or whatever it is that makes us just like amped. And then again, to know like that it comes from a place of curiosity and like just all good things, not like yeah. kind of medicating your anxiety with a, a bunch of uh, activity. Action. Um, mm -hmm. But to just say like, oh, I know where that comes. And yeah. for those that are listening that uh, faith is an important thing, uh, to you. Uh, it's uh, Hebrews 12, one. It's like, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, um, just think of the people that are around you, the, all the people. And then you can even think of like, you know, the angels up in heaven, leaning over uh, the rail to see what's going on. And while God knows everything that has happened is happening, is going to happen. The angels don't. 
Um, and so think of yourself as dazzling the angels, right? What dazzles God is obedience. What dazzles the agent angels is you being you. Um, and so, oh, this is Hebrew 13 too. I'm a, like a Bible verse guy. I I, well, you wouldn't guess it from reading my books. And we've spent some time talking about that as well. I think you share this. Like I just, I'm not trying to write books for the folks that are already have decided things. I want to write books for people that are still making up their mind. So this uh, uh, 13.2 says that uh, be like hospitable to the sojourner. So like that person that you're meeting or talking to, because you might be entertaining angels unaware. So I'm just to my point, I'm like dazzle the angels by actually being present for a conversation. Don't be two conversations ahead or behind. Just be right there. Right. Oh, I just love that. I feel like that's a constant pushback that we, that you're, you're talking about that in a culture that really doesn't honor that um, very well. So we just have to make our own way. Um, And I watched, it's been super fun for me to see how you talk about um, making space for the things that matter, even in a busy life. Um, You talk to a lot of gunners. I've been with you before with movers and shakers, you know, people who have a lot on their plate and who are, and you're, you're a gunner. You've had, you've had a beautiful life and have done a bazillion things. Um, and for anyone listening who hasn't read Bob, haven't, hasn't read all of Bob's books. I am, I'm transitioning from pitying you to encouraging you to go read them immediately. You talk about a lot of those experiences in your books. Um, and my question for you is when you talk about um, just going hard and and doing beautiful things and loving people well, and yet balancing that with um, knowing we have just not very much time. I love when you talk about framing, um, I think you call it plus 10, Yeah. 10 years from now, what are you going to look like? What's your life going to look like? Um, talk a little bit about that and how we can remember that in the daily. Yeah. So uh, add 10 years to your life. If you're 30, say, what's 40-year-old you? And if you're like me at 62, what's 72-year-old you? And it's just like, same number of freckles, more wrinkles. <laughs> but I want to be, I want to be like, uh, hopefully more mischief, more activities. I want to ramp up and go out in a huge crescendo, like at the end of the fireworks when they all go off. I love they're not it. like leaving anything, just light the fuse, get them all up there. <laughs> So that's what I'm not trying to be stingy. I don't want to like uh, leave anything, uh, you know, left over. Um, so the whole idea is to uh, think of that just realistically that uh, 10 years from you, this isn't just a planning tool, but it's like you'll be a much more mature person in 10 years. Like, so that relationship that was kind of wonky in 10 years, that will be in the not even recent past. Uh, you will have the things that are distracting you, like your taxes that you should have paid or could have paid or might pay. Like <laughs> you're either doing time or you paid them, you know? So so all the things that are like kind of current events that are the distractions in your life will have settled out. And then hopefully uh, you'll find yourself with fewer distractions. So you know how you meet uh, a man or woman that is uh, like, you know, well along in years and they have this kind of uh statesman-like approach 
to things. They're just, uh, they're not uh, being like a politically correct on things. They just have seen in the arc of time so many things. They just aren't getting whipped up about it. Right. And they can be fully engaged. They just have a cadence about them. So I would say live beyond your years, mm-hmm. like just add 10, uh, because it'll be a, a better, more humble version of you, a little bit more focused, a little less distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 72, I just go like, well, what will matter? I'm like, well, probably grandkids, my kids will be in their forties then. Um, so I'll be thinking about like, so what does that look like for them? What are the things I'm doing right now? What are the places that I want to make special? You and I spend a ton of time with friends at a place called the Oaks in Southern California. Um, I spent some time in a Canada at a place. And then, uh, so there's a couple different places I spend time, but that's all really strategic. Um, there's a, uh, a guy who's a leader of a country and his grandfather was leader of the country before him. And his great grandfather was a leader of the country before his grandfather was. Um, He has a son and his son is in law school under another name uh, because uh, there's some uh, tension in the region. They don't want to kill him. He moves every three weeks. He moves to another place. Um, but answer this question. It's not like a difficult SAT question. If the great grandfather was the president, then the grandfather of the president, the dad's the president, who's the next president? <laughs> I'd say the guy in law school. So living 10 years ahead, it's not just this Jones and for this uh, bastardization of friendship, you know, called networking, but to actually be mm. friends. It's mm. just nothing on the other side of the equal sign. You're not right. trying to do this, you could leapfrog that, but to be strategic and to say, this will be a person that leads millions. And so wouldn't you want to be a good friend, not taking selfies kind of good friend, but just like a friend and supporter, somebody that they could count has been their friend for 20 years. Those are the moves that I hope will come from people living out in front of themselves um, to say these relationships that will matter um jesus picked unschooled ordinary people and pick a couple of those and he also had a relationship with the leaders he was usually passing by the religious people to get there and i'm not throwing that under the bus i'm just saying like the way that jesus chose to live out life and so i think i'm not spending a lot of time um in the places he didn't spend a lot of time and i want to spend more time in the places that he spent more time and so i'm getting there i don't it's not rock paper scissors but it's this strategic whimsy Mm -hmm. it's it's whimsical but there's a strategy behind Mm -hmm. it there's a reason because those people will affect millions so i want to have any kind of influence that's positive in their life yeah i've i've seen you do that over and over and i've seen you cultivate um just really tend the ground under your, under your friendships, which is um, just a beautiful thing to watch. And I think you have been super strategic in that you have a lot of people asking for your time and you're very generous with it. Um, And yet you also do a really good job of looking at those few people um, that have known you for a long time and have loved you for a long time. And you want to pour into them so that in 10 years, that's all really healthy ground. Yeah, and maybe running towards some people where things are, they're kind of a penny stock right now because they had a big public mess up or even a bigger private one. Um, to That would be strategic to just say to be there. What a great time um, to be Switzerland, like this place where you're just safe. Nobody's going to hear anything uh, about you for, <clears throat> from me. 
yeah. they'll hear great things like you're terrific, but you don't have to drop somebody's name or do whatever. Um, you could just be Switzerland because they know if you're not talking about them, you're not going to talk about anybody else either. So that's kind of nice. I think those are the ambitions that um, think of character instead of career. And mm. I think sometimes it's easy to think where you are in your career right now. And, uh, and I, I understand. And in addition to that, to say, what are your characteristics? I'm 62. I'm still trying to deal with like being impatient. Um, so there's a good kind of impatience. Um, it's kind of like good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you what it is, but one will kill you. <laughs> so what I want to do is have the good kind of patience, but I want to be impatient about some other stuff. Yeah. Like some of these kids that have a bright future that I want to give some direction uh, to, or at least exert some influence on. And I'm not trying to control uh, the outcomes. I want to influence the outcomes. And that's an important decision yes. because trying to control the outcomes um, casts you in a different role. And usually one that wasn't cast for you, because I don't know many people that would say, hey, will you please control me? Um, even my <laughs> friends at San Quentin are digging the guys with the guns that have control over them. But the best of these, including the warden, uh, are exerting an influence on them. They've, they've influenced some of their outcomes. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm not getting really over fixated on the outcomes of the things I do. Some things have worked and some things have just gloriously imploded, like in the best, most expensive, unlikely ways. <laughs> Sometimes people get have the impression that everything goes great. It's just like, everything's awesome. Uh, because you're like Tigger and I'm like, I'm optimistic and all that. But uh, like everybody else, I've had a couple setbacks, some things. I just don't make these campsites. Right. Uh, these are kind of launching pads. I want to say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean everything's off the table. I don't make a a rule that's this omnibus rule that just uh, is a, a overarching principle that applies everything. I just go like, well, that didn't work out. I once tried a thing. I think you know what it is, but I tried to think back in Washington, D.C., I bought this place and uh, uh, and it worked for a while, right up until it didn't work. And, uh, <laughs> and it didn't work in a spectacular way. It, like, a, like a seven figure spectacular way, it just like didn't work. And oh. it wasn't like I was sitting on bags of money just thinking, what should I do with all of yeah, this? Yeah, right. <laughs> just a dude, dude with a job. I'm like, oh, rats. Like oh. I had just so many alternate endings for that. And there was nothing in it for me. I wasn't trying to start a business. I just wanted these people that weren't getting along to get along. Uh, and then it didn't work and they still didn't get along. Yeah. So instead of like blowing this off and saying uh, like, well, I will never risk again. I'll never love again. Like instead to just say like, well, I'll never do that again. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was a great idea at the moment. And then it just kind of morphed into like not a viable idea. And some of, if you're listening, you'll have some of those things and, but don't make a stupid rule that says, I'm never going to do anything again. Just say, I will try to do less of that. Um, but I'm still going to risk. I'm still going to try. I want to fail trying. I don't want to fail watching. Hey there, just a quick break to tell you about free stuff. I love free stuff, particularly cool free stuff. 
and even more particularly free books. And I am guessing that I am not alone. Here is how you can get your hands on a free book. Text the word Kim to 44144 and I will make sure you get a free copy of one of my books delivered right to your inbox. I feel like this is a great time, a great season to start a new novel. One that makes you laugh, maybe cry once or twice and so I am super happy to be able to offer just that kind of book for free. Just text the word Kim, K-I-M, to the number 44144, and I will set you up with your next read. And now, back to the conversation. You and I are coaching lots of writers right now, and that's a refrain that um, we are giving to them that, you know, every agent won't love your book. Every editor won't love your book. And then we keep moving on, right? Maybe that person just really had a horrible burrito that morning. Um, it doesn't mean your book is worthless. So talk to us about how to, in that moment, so in the Washington DC moment, it sounds like you had a great perspective to just keep moving on. Um, but there are lots of folks listening who are in that moment right now, and they've been pushing toward one particular dream or one particular project. Um, it's just not working. How do you know? How do you know what to do? What do you do then? Yeah. So I would just get real with it and just, uh, just shout into your pillow if you want. And like mm -hmm. cuss words don't seem to help me, uh, but like, uh, slugging a wall won't help. It'll just like make you do drywall repair, but right. <laughs> I would find like a less violent way to deal with uh, your, uh, emotions, but get real with them. Uh, right. Sometimes get a counselor to just say like, wow, like whether it was a relationship that got wonky or a business thing or a hope and ambition, but find some people and get real with it. Cause you got to see it before you can understand it. You got to understand it before you can try to fix it. And so for faith is important to you, like, don't say this, I'm, you know, I'm bringing it all to Jesus, but you don't know what's in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> so don't right. just bring yeah. a duffel bag of <laughs> your ish. Like what, what I want to do is just, just say, I'd rather have a tea bag of clarity, mm. you know, than a duffel bag of grievances. Absolutely. Like just saying, so this is what we, this is what I understand about what just happened. There's a whole bunch I don't understand, but can you help me understand more? It would be like saying, um, uh, help me with my disbelief, like the one of Jesus's friends, like I believe, but help me with my disbelief. And so these things can like coincide together. How could you believe, believe and not believe at the same time? I'm like, easy, be me. Yeah. I'm like, that's me. That's, that's where I live. Um, there's some stuff I'm, uh, feel really confident about and other things I'm just befuddled about, but I don't let those uh, things that I don't understand stop me from creating. So I'll just continue to create. And again, I'm going to do this, uh, but I'm not looking for permission. I'm not looking for approval and I'm not looking for validation. And so if you could like, maybe if you're listening, kind of ping your idea and just say, uh, I haven't done it because what's going on is I'm looking for permission from my friends or my, you know, five most insecure people around me to say, that's okay. <laughs> like, just like to say like, this is what's going on. I see it, 
now I understand I'm doing that because I haven't been surrounded by the kind of people that have told me that this is great things might be possible. And I'm not just saying like Tony Robbins, walk across the coals. It's going to be awesome. But just just authentic people that say, I know who you are. I know what you're good at. And then do a little self-reflection, find what you're good at, but don't be limited by your capabilities. Like, so I'm a lawyer in evidently several states. And um, that just means I know how to pass the bar exam. Um, but um, just because I have a piece of paper that says I can do it, it doesn't mean I need to do it. And so I've just kind of pieced out on all that stuff. It wasn't because I struck it rich or won the big case and am independently wealthy. I just felt like, you know, I felt like I've kind of done that for a while and I like it. It's fun enough. Um, but I just felt like I had another gear. And a lot of people that are listening probably have another gear. And I would say, why don't we? You get 27,373 days on a good day. That's what you get, uh, average lifespan. And to say, it sounded like a big number until I had about 24,000 in the rearview mirror. <laughs> I'm like, rats! Uh, so... <laughs> so that's times a ticking on that 27k <laughs> yeah so maybe uh some of you are deferring things that you haven't just dismissed them you've deferred them and dismissing them at least you were decisive um you said i'm not doing that anymore uh but deferral is a little bit more insidious it just means i'll think about it later and wow, we're burning daylight. So I would say, why not think about it now and then just put it in the dismiss it column. I ain't doing it. Or all in is the cannonball column and say, I'm just doing it. But deferral, uh, if you were each to reflect on this or what kind of things am I deferring? And some things need to be deferred, but most things don't. They need to be dealt with. I watched a micro version of that, actually probably macro within the last year and a half as you have pivoted like a really tall ballerina right yeah. in front of me. Uh, you, yeah, you should see me in a leotard. There's some things you just can't defer, unsee. Defer. And that would be, yeah, that would be just not good. Well, well, I haven't seen that, but metaphorically speaking, I totally saw you do that because you went from a lot of, just a road warrior, just days and days on the road and speaking to thousands of people and then switched and had to switch, um, but did a beautiful switch and kind of made that circle smaller around home. Um, you started the Oaks, opened that up. You went from writing on the trade table of a 737 to probably in the, the chair you're sitting in right now. And so um, that's been, I've loved having a front row seat to that because my personality is very much like, okay, we're going to make the plan and this is the plan. And then the plan goes all over the place. And I got to see you pivot with your plan. So talk to us about that and how, how to do that well, instead of holding on to the wrong things. Um, I mean, we were kind of all forced into doing some different things within the last couple of years, but how do you know how to do that so well? And how can we do that too? Yeah, I think we're all learning together. Um, what I found at the, um, if one thing seems to be uh, closed, some people in faith communities talk about open and closed doors a lot. Yeah. And I'd rather go like Texas and shoot the hinges <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, like whatever. <laughs> so um, what I want to do is uh, say, like, what's an opportunity that's just adjacent to me? And so adjacent to the oaks, you've seen 
we had a field uh, that was pretty big. So we thought we could plant a vineyard. So we just did for a guy that doesn't drink wine and doesn't know anything about growing anything. I could kill a cactus. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I thought we could uh, find some people that were better at that than us. Um, and then to find something adjacent, we, with Love Does, we started a mobile food pantry, which I thought was kind of neat, just like people who were hungry and right here in our own community. Um, but then uh, we got onto a, uh, some guy who was selling his chicken farm. And uh, I didn't know anything about chickens. I couldn't draw a picture of one. I mean, I get it. it's got a beak. Uh, but other than that, and these eggs, I'm like, I just did the quick math. Like, that's a pretty big egg to come out of. I don't know what orifice, but it was just like, ouch. Uh, and so this chicken farm produces 60,000 eggs every single day. What? That's a lot. Of, um, that's a lot of ouches. Yeah. So now we've got this chicken farm. It looks like it's closing in the next week or two. And so you start with an idea, let's deliver some food to people. And then you find an adjacent idea like, well, what if we uh, make a lot of food um, and not just buy a bunch of cabbage, but give people a lot of eggs and see what would happen. And I'm sure uh, our uh, uh, members of the community, their cholesterol levels will be spiking. Um, but it just seemed like a pretty good idea. And I've told you more of the details than I know. Like I've just, you don't have to have a big elaborate plan. If you are prone to having big elaborate plans, then mazel tov, like mm -hmm. do whatever works for you. But for me, I've just found like a really good idea is catnip mm -hmm. for other really good ideas. Yeah, yeah. You got the truck and that's catnip for the uh, eggs. And now I'm the chicken good. dude. Yes. Um, and so, and then you'll find something adjacent to that. Um, and I don't know what that'll be, but to have your head on a swivel and to say, what are the opportunities God has brought my way? And, and this isn't, I'm not thinking in terms of business. Cause I'm like, I don't want or need a day job. Um, what I'm thinking about is making a difference. Like, so will this move the needle? Um, is this viable? Is this something that could like sustain itself without a lot of distraction for me? And they, I looked at all the conveyor belts they have and, so light is I don't need to lean over and pick up 60,000 eggs. <laughs> Evidently, they go into <laughs> conveyor belts and they stack themselves. And that's wow. crazy. There's a, it's all automated. Crazy. You're yeah. teaching me all sorts of stuff. I'm from Iowa, which used to be until recently, I think, the egg production capital of the United States or something like that. I think that was a trivial pursuit question. So I'm not sure it's exactly true. But we have a lot of eggs here. And I didn't know about the conveyor belts. I do know they smell. So, yeah, well, yeah. it is not adjacent to yeah. the oaks. <laughs> but here's the crazy thing. this uh, These are kind of like a free range thing, so they can all run around. The reason that uh, makes sense is California changed their laws uh, where you can't have a chicken lay an egg in a cage. Oh, Yet all the chicken farms all throughout the state and every other state, they're usually in cages. Uh, but you can't even import a chicken egg into the state of California that was laid by a chicken in, in a, a cage. cage. Yeah, I'm not sure how they would like double check that, but but the whole idea, <laughs> passport. Um, but one of the things that it did is that if your head's on a swivel, then you'd go like, wow, this would be a really neat opportunity mm. because that just cratered the whole mm. market for this. But right. there's a guy with a chicken farm and doesn't have any cages. So I'm like, this thing will I'll be in demand. It. Yeah. So that kind of idea to think, don't get so far out over your skis that you're distracted by those things. But when you see an opportunity to say, is this going to take me away from or more towards 
the kind of like core purpose of what I want to be about hungry people, thirsty people, sick people, strange people, naked people, people in jail, widows and orphans. I just cover Matthew 25 and James. Like those are the eight things that I want to be about. And if you're listening, you'll have your two or eight or 20. I wouldn't have 50 things because it'd be hard to manage that, but to just kind of figure out what you're about for now and knowing that you'll always change, then get your head on a swivel. Say, does this move me more in that direction or further away? And then just make some bold moves. Um, if it doesn't work out, guess what? I'll just sell the chicken farm to yeah. somebody in overalls. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's what they've been asking me. Like all the people that have been like affiliate be like, dude, like, why do you want a chicken farm? You clearly don't know anything about chickens. I'm like, I know, isn't that awesome? Wait till they see you in your leotard. That's yeah, really going to mess with them. Yeah, I'll meet you in the vineyard. I don't know anything about either. <laughs> we'll go down by the horses. I have no idea about them either. But to not let um, your core competencies um, or some professional licenses you might have push you around. Like this is a long way from being a trial lawyer, um, but it's a more current version of me. It's so good. I just love all of it. I love the versions of you. Bob, I want to know, do you ever get burned out? Yeah, I do. I actually get, um, like sometimes it feels like a little much. And so I don't, get around a lot of people mm -hmm. when that happens i'll just kind of bring it in and just like kind of let it settle down mm -hmm. um so it doesn't happen that often but there's been times where i just feel mostly it'll be like an emotional kind of disappointment mm -hmm. like somebody like uh, that you felt like you had a relationship with it isn't as strong as a betrayal but just feel like you had one thing in mind and then they kind of this thing came from out of the left and you're you're not just playing all the highlight reels about what a swell guy you were and what a you know rotten thing happened and that makes me the victim or the hero or the whatever just i would check that to the side because it's not helpful but to just say like when you get uh disappointed just get real with it and say like yeah i'm really kind of bummed out right now and tell a couple people that are like switzerland that you can be honest with and say yeah i'm a little bit bummed out um, you don't have to speak ill of anybody. Um, like, just say like, yeah, I just got uh, kind of sideswiped by this thing. And um, and then um, continue on, like to just get real with it, get, see it, and then try to understand it. And there'll be some parts that you can and some parts you can have a little compassion for the person uh, that that's involved. And to say, imagine there was other bogeys going on with theirs and everything just kind of collided in a not that great of a way evidently and then and then move on and don't don't just put this on your list of grievances mm. now i've got another grievance and another because right. i'll tell you when you start off-putting and unloading all those it will make people around you not feel safe uh, because they'll realize oh my gosh like you're warehousing these yeah, things. You're, you're actually tally marks here. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're keeping track of all this. So if you're the person keeping track for somebody else, you're probably keeping track for me. And that doesn't make me feel like you're Switzerland. Right. Um, and so just be uh, uh, relationally heads up to just say, just kind of practice it on you, like keeping short accounts with people and then just wish people well, speak well of them. Don't say, or allow yourself to think these 
things because it's not helpful. Just say, move on. I got a lot to learn. Man, I'm work in progress. Got lots of rough edges. Some difficult things hopefully will help me sand those out. Um, but I just don't want to walk through life with a bunch of grievances because that'll become just a big distraction. Right. Um, you're reminding me of the best marital advice I was ever given it was by a little old lady who'd been married. I mean, I think she said 60 years. Mark and I were just early married at this time. And I said, what's the secret to such a beautiful marriage that's so long? And she said, assume the best and don't keep score. Never keep score. Because if you're making your tally marks, <laughs> he's making his, nobody's winning ever. Um, and I've seen you do that with Maria, you have a beautiful marriage with Maria. I am happy to report everyone listening. She really is sweet. Bob didn't make it up. She really is sweet, Maria. Uh, she adores you. Oh, yeah, I love her. Uh, so it'll be 35 years. And so what I want us to do is to say, okay, how do you go deeper, further, better with all of your friends? And so whether you're married to somebody or you have a posse of close friends and uh, take a, some advice from Paul about his buddy, Timothy, and take a genuine interest in people and kind of flip it. Like we have some uh, delightful women that help out and keep everything on thing, but don't just have somebody over to do the task, like get them some water, get them a Twinkie or something. Like you just like that idea. Uh, the, again, I'm back at Hebrews 13, too, to just think of them as angels that you're entertaining unaware and that idea to consider others more worthy than yourself. Um, and we don't always hit that, but we can all aspire to that. Oh, lovely. Um, I've seen you do that. I've seen Maria do it too. And I have a selfish question. Um, after watching you with your kids, how do I have adult children who still like me? Because you do. You've done such a good job yeah, of that. They really like been you. kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, credit to them on that because uh, I no doubt can be difficult just because I'm like, you know, Tigger, I'm off to this, off to that. I'm going to do this. I'm not uh, spending a lot of time building consensus. So well, one of the uh, things that occurs to me among many is that I don't uh, like uh, require them to jump into the things I'm doing okay. just because I'm doing yeah. something. I don't say, Hey, you know, like show of loyalty here. Uh -huh. So I just do my thing. And so some of them each has come to me on one trip or another, uh, to either Uganda or Afghanistan, Somalia, like, so they've come if they wanted, uh, and they all know they're invited sure. to come on anything I'm doing. Uh, but I'm not trying to say, well, this is team golf. And so you are part of this. So you must be, so I don't presume that they'll be into what I'm into. Um, and then number two, just lots of common experiences. Uh, the more that you have in common, uh, when we, they started, I think that when they were kind of like your kids ages, like we had them navigate everything. If we'd land a new place, they would change the money. Awesome. They would figure out how we'd get somewhere. They would whatever. And that was a really kind of neat. Yes. Um, and so I think we've been handing over a little bit more of the rope in their life. Uh, and then probably, I bet it was 10 years ago, we handed them the other end. We said like, yeah, this is go do your thing. And everybody left and went to college, but then they all moved and they're about, uh, let's see, Adam lives probably two minutes away. Richard lives about four minutes away. And Lindsay's the outlier. She lives like 10 <laughs> minutes away. I'm like, what are we, chopped liver? Like, 
But I could tell you, like in a normal day, like Lindsay's been over this morning for a couple hours with her uh, with her son. Uh, and then uh, like I'll see Adam this afternoon, I'll bump into Richard. So most days we'll just see each other. So I would say being in proximity, but not insisting or being presumptuous. Like, so the proximity without the presumption. Yeah. Oh, that's so wise. I see some folks doing that better than others. Um, and my parents have done such a good job with their adult children. Um, so I love that modeling. Um, and you've done it so great. Okay, Bob, before I let you go, I need to tell you, hopefully without crying, I just adore you. You have been such uh-huh. a great friend to me. And I've been so grateful from the first time I met you and then you just let me keep peppering you with questions and here I am still years later peppering you with questions co-conspirator it's been so fun doing these uh riding coaching together and then uh for those of you listening Kim comes and leads these like retreats that we have for uh people that are writing and um I just really like how we and a number of people have said that we're just approach the same thing was differently but it's a, it kind of harmonizes with one another. And when you find that in your friends, whether it's a project that you're working on or you just harmonize with them, like a common interest, something, go deep, keep those people close. Don't always just do business. I'll just call you up just because I want to see how you're doing. Uh, and you'll do the same. Uh, just show a genuine interest in people, like all the different pieces. And and with things will get wonky every once in a while with, you know, you can, if you maintain many relationships, uh, but don't just make that the defining characteristic. Don't be beating yourself up saying, oh, I must be lousy at whatever. Because, And I'm telling you, that is not what the creator of heaven and earth thinks about me mm-hmm. and you. He calls us beloved, even when we screw it right. up. Uh, and that isn't a hall pass for more screw ups. It's just an invitation to live into the next version mm-hmm. of us. So good. My very last question until I call you later today and have more questions um, is this, I'm a book nerd and I know you're the self-proclaimed balloon guy. And maybe folks think that that um, means you're just balloons. I know that to be totally the contrary. And I know you are a total reader and you're the most curious person. I know you are just endlessly curious about all sorts of stuff. You're always reading something else. So my book nerd question has two parts, Bob. Number one, what's a book that you recommend over and over to people? And number two, what's one that you haven't read yet and can't wait to start? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a couple that I'm reading. They're just like right here uh, on the screen. There's uh, a uh, a one in answer your question for that I recommend all the yeah. time would be if it's like relationships. I like Don Miller's uh, book, Scary Close. Mm. I think that's a terrific one. He already also wrote a book called A Million Miles in a Thousand so Years, good. which is only 10 miles yeah. an hour, which is <laughs> <laughs> the long name for a book. Uh, if you want like an inspiration, like Marcus Aurelius, oh. um, it's just like uh, one of the most powerful men on earth at the time. And he wrote down, he didn't set out to write a book. It's called Meditations. Uh, And they are meditations. It's just Marcus Aurelius writing about life. But he was, although he was the most powerful man on earth at the time, um, he was writing about the power of humility, the power of learning, the power. So to find something, I'm a big fan of getting kind of reading outside your Mm -hmm. zone, even though like faith is important to me. Like I would read books that are outside of the normal uh, Christian genre of books. 
Um, so um, those are the ones. And then find something that's interesting. Uh, Masada is this famous site. It's just out of view. But I'm reading a book on Masada because I want to take my grandkids. There was this famous Israeli stand against the Romans invasion. And it ended horribly for everybody. Uh, but there's just so many stories of courage and resolve and they came out of that so i would find some books that are just really easy reads if that's archie comics for you that's awesome or uh you know like love does feels like a, like go get a puppy kind of like just like an easy read uh some tim keller books might be like challenging but i wouldn't find that to be what i'd want to do with my free time i want to uh, jog loose an adjacent idea and then I want to write about it a little bit. I'm hoping to get a fresh perspective. Jen Sincero is not going to be preaching at any Baptist church anytime soon, but <laughs> she wrote a book called You're a Badass. Uh, that would be an example of an adjacent book that would maybe call it challenging and say, I might not express an idea that way, but uh, what would be a great pulse on contemporary culture and a worldview that you may not have been exposed to uh, by somebody who's a, a great writer, but has a different worldview than you. So I'm not looking for affirmation or validation of my views. Right. What I'm trying to do is understand how do people see the world right now? Uh, and then find uh, finally just something that would light you up. I've, I've a vineyard. I don't know anything about wine. And so I'm reading a book called Cork Dork. Um, I, it's <laughs> a great book. Yeah. It was a, a journalist who wanted to be a sommelier. And so this journalist is really funny and just describing how affected uh, people that talk about wine stuff are. But in the process of poking them uh, is also illustrating some really beautiful things about people that are into it. I'll still always be a Dr. Pepper guy, but I, I'm happy fermenting it for somebody else. I just don't like, I just don't care for the taste, but maybe that'll change. I think the more I find out about what's growing right behind my house, uh, the more complete I'll be. And that feels like a like beautiful symbolism. Like find out what's growing in your yard and learn about it. Lovely. And yes, I have three teenagers growing in my yard who are currently looking through the door right now and waiting for lunch. Oh, and that's so awesome. <laughs> we'll give them high fives all around. I will. Thank you, Bob, for joining me. You are a total gift. Um, give my love to sweet Maria and I can't wait to see you soon. Yeah, great seeing you. Bye, Kim. great? I will answer that. He really is. And if you're wondering, does he do things like macrame from a hot air balloon and paraglide while writing a book? The answer is yes, he does before breakfast. And now apparently he also dabbles in poultry. Make sure to follow Bob wherever he is on social media, sign up for all of his updates, read his books, and make sure you tell him thank you for joining us on this inaugural episode of For Real. And listen, if you could, would you please do me a solid and go to wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, at all. And for extra credit, will you subscribe and write a review? That would be fantastic. Just a few words. You could do four of them. They could be, I love this show. That's it. Really quick. We will be ever grateful to you because that's the kind of gift that just keeps on giving. So take a moment to do that if you would, and we will love seeing you here again for our next episode. Thank you for coming and for joining in on the conversation. For real. For real.